For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part five of the series. So in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it says, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So when Abraham left Ur the Chaldees and started on his journey to the Promised Land, he was believing the promise and the promises of the God of Israel. So how do we spiritually understand what is going to happen spiritually in our lives when we, like Abraham, seek to believe the promises of God? Well, this is outlined for us in Mark chapter 4 when Yeshua told a parable about the sower. And regarding this parable, Yeshua says to his disciples in Mark chapter 4 verse 13, Know you not this parable? Then how will you know all parables? In other words, the entire kingdom of God is patterned after this parable. And if I can understand the spiritual meaning and application of this parable, I will understand the ways of the kingdom of the God of Israel, and particularly as it relates to the process that we're going to go through in believing the promises of God. So Yeshua begins to tell the parable when he says in Mark chapter 4 verse 14, the sower sows the word. So we have to be given a promise of God, which sometimes we're given personal promise of God for our lives. But we may also believe a promise that he's given to believers in him and his word. And whether we're believing a written promise of God or a personal promise of God, at that point in time, when we know and have and believe the promises, his word is known. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 and 18, it is written, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you. So, in making this statement, the God of Israel is declaring a promise to his people that he's going to visit them, which means he's going to deliver them, he's going to redeem them. And you've seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And they will hearken to your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. And you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So now, since the instruction has been given, the promise has been made, the word of God is known, and this corresponds to Mark chapter 4 verse 14, that the sower, the believer in the God of Israel, the servant of the God of Israel, sows the word, or believes his promise, or seeks to do his will in our lives. So Moses 
follows the instruction that he was given. And as a result, Moses asked Pharaoh that his people could celebrate Passover. In Exodus chapter 5, verses 1-3, through it is written, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus is the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And so they repeated their plea to Pharaoh, and said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. So Pharaoh is going to reject the word of God. The world, the world system, is going to reject the word of God. The kingdom of darkness and Hasatan is going to oppose the word of God in your life. Exodus chapter 3 verse 19 it is written, And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. Exodus chapter 5 verse 2 it is written, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So this corresponds to Yeshua's parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4 verse 15, where he says, These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. For when they have heard, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. So Moses is delivering the word of God to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh rejects it. Pharaoh being an agent of Satan who seeks to take away the word that is being proclaimed to him, or the word that is sown in our hearts. So Yeshua taught in the parable of the sower that once the sower sows the word, Satan will come to try to take away that word, and then you get into a spiritual warfare. Affliction and persecution arises to test the word of God that you've received or believed in your heart. In Exodus chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, it is written, And the taskmasters of the people went out, and their officers, and they spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go out, get you straw where you can find it, yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. I'm not going to give you straw to make your bricks, but you're not going to diminish your output. This corresponds to what Yeshua taught regarding the parable of the sower. In Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, And these are they likewise which are sown on stone ground who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and so only endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, they end up being offended. So because the children of Israel didn't have roots in the promise of God, when affliction and persecution came upon them, they became offended. In Exodus chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, it is written, And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an evil case, after it was said, You shall not diminish from your daily brick production. And they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to slay us. So this corresponds to Yeshua's teaching regarding the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4 verse 17, that those who have no root in themselves from the affliction and persecution, they become offended. So now we're going to test the word or the promise of God that initially was received and sown in our heart, but now is being tested through trials, afflictions, and persecution. And our natural logic is going to look at our natural circumstances and begin to question the word of God. 
God and whether it is true and whether it will come to pass. So in Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it is written, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore have you so evil and treated this people? And why is it that you've sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name and to declare your word to Pharaoh, he's only done evil to this people, and neither have you delivered your people at all. So part of faith and believing the promises of God is a test to see based upon our natural circumstances when it contradicts the word or the promise of God that was made in our lives, which was known to us. The God of Israel, in full trust and commitment to him and believing in him, is going to ask us to obey even when it doesn't make logical sense. We can see this principle from Exodus chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 as it is written. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do. For shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God? Meaning that sheep were an abomination in the eyes of the Egyptians. So Moses asks, Shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes? And will they not be offended at us? Will they not stone us? Will they not persecute us? Nevertheless, Moses said, we're going to obey God. We will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command us. So in the spiritual warfare that the enemy brings against the word of God, when we seek to believe the word of God and the promise of God in our lives, whether it's personal or written in scripture, and in the enemy's attempt to steal that word, if he can't get us to not believe the promise, he will try to get us to compromise the promise. In Exodus chapter 8 verse 28 it is written, And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away and treat for me. So in the process of the spiritual warfare over believing the promise of God in your life, while you're going through the spiritual warfare, affliction, persecution, and the words being tried and tested, God will confirm his promise and his word to encourage you to remain steadfast in the midst of the storm. In Exodus chapter 9 verse 1 it is written, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. So the enemy is going to continue to offer compromise, and he will offer greater compromise to steal that word or that promise that's been sown in your heart. In Exodus chapter 10 verses 8 through 11 it is written, And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young, with our old, with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks, with our herds. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, that is Pharaoh, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go. And your little ones, look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord, for that you did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So Pharaoh said, Your men can go, but not your little ones. So when this was rejected by Moses, Pharaoh offers more compromise. We can see this in Exodus chapter 10, verses 24 to 26, as it is written. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flesh 
flocks and your herds stay. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, You must give us also sacrifice and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us, and there shall not a hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. So Pharaoh says, okay, your old men can go, your children can go, but not your flocks and your herds. So now let's look at Pharaoh's progression of compromises, which is a spiritual blueprint to us of how the enemy seeks to attack us when we seek to believe his personal promise in our lives or a written promise from his word. Number one, first Pharaoh says, I will not let the children of Israel go. No one can go. Exodus chapter 5 verse 2. Next, number two, Pharaoh said, only Moses can go, but not very far. Exodus chapter 8 verse 28. And then Pharaoh said, okay, only the men can go. Exodus chapter 10 verses 8 through 11. And when Moses turned down all these things, Pharaoh said, number four, only the men and the children can go. Exodus chapter 10 verses 24 to 26. And then Pharaoh ultimately said, all right, the men, women, children, and cattle can go. Exodus chapter 12 verses 31 and 32. So we have to stand against the compromises of the enemy who he will initially try to take all of God's promise from us, but if we will hold on, he will try to take part of that promise from us. We must hold on to keep all of the promise of God in our heart. But after Pharaoh let the men, women, children, and cattle leave Egypt, he had a change of heart. Number six, he still tried to steal the promise of God when Pharaoh and his army pursues the children of Israel, Exodus chapter 14, verses 5 through 9. But ultimately, Pharaoh and his army was defeated as they drowned in the Red Sea, Exodus chapter 15, verse 4. So let's see where the scripture tells us that Pharaoh ultimately let the men, women, children, and cattle all leave Egypt. As Moses declared from the God of Israel that this was to be so. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 32 it is written and he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said rise up and get you forth from among my people both you and the children of Israel go and serve the Lord just as you have said also take your flocks and your herds as you have said be gone and bless me also well we're told in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 that once the sower sows the word once we believe the promise of God for our lives whether it's personal or in his written word that not only is there going to be trials, tribulations, and persecutions that come against that word, but we must hold on to the promise. We must be consistent in believing the promise, which the Bible calls patience. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36, For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, that is, to believe the promise of God, you might receive the promise. So Yeshua told us that after we have the spiritual warfare, if we believe the promise and endure in believing the promise, we will receive the harvest. For he says in Mark chapter 4 verse 20, And these are they which are sown on good ground, who hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. The enemy, that is the kingdom of darkness, 
that is the devil or Hasatan, he will try to steal the promise of God that is made to us either personally or in his written word through initially we discard it by unbelief when we believe our natural circumstances instead of the promise of God or he'll try to steal it from us if we hold on to his promise by offering us compromise. Number two, if we believe the promises of God through our trials, tribulations, and offers of compromise that the enemy will try to make regarding that promise, we will inherit the promises of the God of Israel in our lives. So now we're going to look at the spiritual principle of how what happened to the historical children of Israel, how we as individual believers in Yeshua as the Messiah are to see that what happened to them applies to us. And thus we're to see ourselves as being redeemed out of Egypt, just like the children of Israel. Rebbe Menachem Schneerson explains this principle in his book, Anticipating the Redemption, on page 25. Our rabbis explain that in each and every generation, in each and every day, a person is obligated to see himself as if he left Egypt that day. For every day, a person must relive the exodus from Egypt. Based upon this principle and concept, Paul taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-4, through 4, that all believers in Yeshua are to see themselves as if they were redeemed or brought out of Egypt. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-4, through 4, it is written, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. Not ignorant of what? Because Paul is speaking primarily to non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, who are not going to have this cultural background in thinking as a part of their thought process. So that's why in speaking primarily to non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, Paul says, don't be ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. In other words, he's telling them to not be ignorant, to see that you and your fathers came out of Egypt and they were all immersed in the Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that that rock was Messiah. So whenever you want to emphasize something, you repeat it. So not only did Paul repeat the point he was trying to make, but five times in emphasizing that believers in Yeshua are to see themselves as if they came out of Egypt, he uses the word all. That all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. They were all immersed in the Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. So let's examine these words literally. All our fathers passed through the sea. That's not literally true. My father and grandfather didn't literally come out of Egypt. Your father and grandfather didn't literally come out of Egypt. And Paul's father and grandfather didn't literally come out of Egypt. Yet he says, for those who believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, to see ourselves that we and all of our fathers came out of Egypt. So if this is not literally true, in what context do we understand it and apply it? Well, it is a Torah concept or principle, and it's a principle based upon covenant. When you are in partnership with the one who made covenant with another party, you then become a partaker of that covenant. 
So when Paul says, don't be ignorant that believers in Yeshua as the Messiah should see themselves as if they all came out of Egypt, he was actually quoting or making a reference to the Torah from Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses 12 through 15, as it is written. And you should enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you this day, that he may establish you today for a people unto himself, that he may be unto you a God, and as he has said, unto you and as he has sworn unto your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now pay very close attention to verses 14 and 15 because this is what Paul was referring to regarding the covenant that was made at Mount Sinai which came about from the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but The covenant and the oath is being made with him that stands here with us this day before the Lord our God and also with him that is not here with us this day. Notice the covenant of Mount Sinai is being made with those that were there and as well as those who were not there. Well, how is those that were not there a part of the covenant? Well, when you are in covenant with the one who made the covenant. And who made the covenant with the children of Israel at Mount Sinai? Who brought them out of Egypt? It was Yeshua, the Messiah. And whenever we receive him as our Savior and Lord, we're in covenant with Yeshua. Yeshua made covenant with Abraham. Yeshua brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And so now being in covenant with Yeshua, we're in covenant with, in our part of the covenant that he made covenant with, He brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, so we're to see that he brought us out of Egypt as well. In one of the 613 commandments is a commandment that when you celebrate Passover, that you're to tell your son, you're to tell your descendants that they were redeemed from Egypt. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 8, it is written, and you shall show your son in that day. When is in that day? It is in the future. It is in future generations. So show your son and tell them this is being done. That is the celebration of Passover because of what the Lord did for me, the son, in that day, when I, the son in that day, came forth out of Egypt. So let's think about this literally. The commandment is to tell your son in that day that they came out of Egypt. Well, literally, did the son in that day come out of Egypt? No, that's not literally true. Then why are we to tell the son in that day that he came out of Egypt? Because once again, it is a Torah concept and principle. And it is a concept and principle of covenant. That even though you literally didn't come out of Egypt, you are a part of the covenant that was made with the people who did. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. All believers in Yeshua are to see themselves as if Yeshua personally redeemed them from Egypt or the world, the world system, the ways of the world, and the values of the world. So this is how we begin to see how the physical journey of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land and going to Jerusalem or Mount Zion, how their physical journey is a blueprint for each and every believer in Yeshua as the Messiah to follow after the Messiah and to understand the ways of the kingdom of heaven. So when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were instructed to take a lamb, bring it into their household for four days to kill the lamb and put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. And in their obedience and faithfulness to do so, they were delivered from the judgments upon Pharaoh in Egypt. And the celebration of this event is what we call Passover. The Hebrew word for Passover is Pesach. It was the deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt and the bondage of Egypt. Therefore, Passover or Pesach is called the Festival of Freedom.
Why or how is Passover the festival of freedom? For the children of Israel, it was deliverance from their physical bondage, and it teaches us about our deliverance that Yeshua provides for us from our spiritual bondage. And what is our spiritual bondage? When we serve sin, we're a servant to sin, as Yeshua said in John chapter 8, verse 34. And what do we call our redemption or salvation from the world, the world system? When we apply Yeshua's shed blood on the tree and receive his redemptive work in our hearts and our lives, Christians refer to this as being saved. Well, that's going to conclude part five of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.